Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Towards Vivencia, the podcast. In this second season, Bridging the Gap. In this second season, we are bridging the gap between some of the top dance companies in the whole world and our community. Towards Vivencia will be collaborating with dancers who are or have been working with the greatest choreographers and companies of the 20th and 21st century. These incredible artists bring these incredible works and performances to life, and they have generously offered to share how they train in order to do so. Their personal approaches to the company's technical style, cross-training for both body and mind, and staying creatively inspired. All this and more will provide a unique insight into how these dancers work, how they work within these companies, and how they bridge the gap between their previous training and what is required to work with those companies. Well, I'm really, really happy to introduce you, Lucy. I met her for uh, a few years ago at Rambert uh, Dance Company when I was teaching company class. And uh, it was one of those people who is uh, shining and really bright in the room and uh, your attention. Uh, it is impossible not to look at her. It's one of those gorgeous human beings that is shining by herself. So I'm really happy to have her with us. And before starting this uh, podcast, I was wondering, so Lucy, how shall I call you? Balfour or Radovic, as I can see now? in Zoom. So first of all, Lucy, thank you so much for being with us. Really looking forward to your classes next week. And tell us, how do we refer to you, Lucy, Lucy Balfour, Lucy Radovic? Oh, hi, Jorge. It's so fantastic to be here. I'm just absolutely thrilled and excited to be uh, on this podcast with you today and for my classes starting next week. Um, yeah, it's it's a funny one. I, I sort of feel like I have I have two hats. I have the the Lucy Balfour, which I've had throughout my career, and you know, if people were to to look out for my name, they would look out for Balfour. Um, but I got married three years ago, and my last name is now Radovich. So I feel like I'm I'm sort of it's really weird. It's like trying on a new hat, like or a costume or something, and seeing how it fits and seeing how you mold into it and uh recently actually i was uh i was doing uh i meditate every day actually um twice a day when when um all is kind of all is well and uh i love deepak chopra and he was talking about something rather about saying your name and and i said i went to sort of say my name in my head and i thought well and i thought who am i like i just had this little moment where i kind of thought okay, so what's wrapped up in a name? What's wrapped up in an identity? And then I sort of let that sit and kind of unpeeled those, you know, those onion layers, those, and to get to the core of it. And I realized that I just, I am, I am me. Like the, the name is these different, um, you know, what, what people might sort of associate you with and stuff. And so it's really, I guess my ego kind of came into it and thought, oh, if, if, if I suddenly say I'm Lucy Radovich, maybe people might not know who I am. I'm going to have to prove myself again. And then I thought, actually, I don't really have to prove myself if people, if I just show up and I just show up with my goods, then, um, you know, pe people will be drawn to that light. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a really interesting um, sort of epiphany or moment for me. So either, you can say either, actually. It could be either Balfour or Radovich. So. 
or have you thought about creating like a stage name like Diamond or? or <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I like that. I'm, like, I'm going to have to ponder on that one, Jorge. <laughs> uh, but looking forward to hear what is the um, the final decision on that. Um, so talking about that, that's that's very interesting about the identity and in betweens, right? Because this edition, um, this winter, we are trying to bridge the gap between bridge the gap between being a freelance dancer and being a company dancer. This gap in between being a student and being in the company uh, and we will talk later on in the podcast about that skills that you wish you would have before working in Rambert that you developed on the job but before we go into that there is another gap about dancers and identity you're a student and then you're a freelancer and then you're a professional dancer and then suddenly maybe you're a mom uh, or a married woman or, or man and and then suddenly you're a rehearsal director and we always go from A to B, but can you tell us in your experience, how was the process actually between student to professional, professional into a mom or rehearsal director? Mm, this is, this is really, this is quite a big, a big topic actually. And, you know, when you were saying all these things, I realized in the last couple of decades, how many different transitions I've made. Um, and even just had a little moment of feeling quite proud of those transitions that I've made you know they weren't easy at the time and you sort of go into something not not knowing what to expect or having maybe like an idea of what it could be but then you get into the the reality of it and it's completely different so if I was to give my younger self some advice it would be to come in with like a really you know like a learner's mindset an open mind an open heart and um to just I think I think in a way it's, you know, being really focused on a goal of, you know, wanting to get into a company or wanting to transition to rehearsal director, but knowing that the opportunities and the pathways towards that will be anything but linear and being okay with that because, you know, in saying yes to something, it's saying no to something else, but then it opens up another opportunity. So that's one thing that I've learned is, is that you you know, it's not going to come in a neat little package of what you think this is, because I think if you have those blinkers on, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities um, that will be present right in front of you, but you just maybe not, your eyes are not open to see. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got into the company? It was an audition, you were picked, uh, I'm interested in those transitions. I feel like I've had throughout my career, I've definitely had to push for my uh my place, I guess you could say, or, or my, my, my position in the dance world. And, um, you know, I, I feel like maybe if someone's to look from the outside, look at my career, I think, I think, oh, wow, that looks, you know, fantastic. But it's sort of not knowing those personal struggles or those, you know, like right from the start, uh, being told, you know, you have a very athletic body, you probably won't make it as a ballet dancer. Me being so passionate about ballet, thinking, no, this, you know, I understand. I don't see too many models of my body out there, but I am so passionate and I have to, I just, I have to share it, what I have. And that was so strong. And I think that gave me the grunt, um, you know, and that sort of power to, to you know, almost challenge it and almost sort of think, well, yeah, you might think that, but no, I, I know. I know my story has to be shared. Anyway, I got a great opportunity to do a season with the Royal New Zealand Ballet. And when I was there and I joined the company for three months uh, and touring the country, I felt so at home. I felt like these was, this was my community. These were my people. 
And I thought, this is where I belong. Like, I just feel like I can really like relax and express myself in a way which feels so true to my my soul and my core. And that was uh, through an audition? It was actually a very fantastic, again, an opportunity where one of my mentors at my dance school, he was an ex-director of Royal New Zealand Ballet, but he was going to stage uh, Peter Pan on the company and they needed extra people. So I, um, he suggested, I think, to the rehearsal staff, you know, there's this, this is, um, young woman in Christchurch and, you know, she would be fantastic. So, you know, they took, through him recommending, I got the opportunity. Uh, so that was a foot in the door and had a fantastic season. I felt like from the dances, I got amazing um, feedback. And then they had an audition there. So I did the formal audition, but actually didn't get picked. And I thought, oh, this is really confusing. How, how is it that I feel so right here? Um, you, you don't really know what, uh, what is going on in a, in a director's mind, uh, but uh, I, I kind of wanted to know. So in one of the last night functions of the tour, I had uh, the yeah, after show function, I went up to the director and said, right, I think, <laughs> I can't believe this. I think you've made the wrong decision. Um, I think you need me in your company. I mean, I look now and I think, oh my goodness, what bravado. But I was so, I believed it so much. And I said, I think, yeah, I think you've made you know, I'd really like you to reconsider. And he was he kind of laughed because he probably thought, oh my gosh, this girl's got guts. Um, but anyway, he thought about it. And in a period of a week or so, he sort of, you know, he, he didn't go back on a decision of not hiring me again. So I went back home. I continued at my dance school, kept training there. And then um, lo and behold, I got a call about a month later saying, actually, uh, are you free in a few months? We need another dancer for six months work. And I was like, yes, thinking in my head, I don't know what's happened in between then and now, but I want to be there. I'm going to take it. A week later, I got another call saying, how quickly can you get a flight up to Wellington? Um, one of our dancers has just uh, done her ACL ligament. So we need somebody to stand in for our six week uh, tour of the UK. And I said, yeah, I'll be up there next week. Within a week, I was learning some repertoire. Uh, within the next week, I was joining the company on the long haul flight to the UK and toured, toured the UK. And um, sort of from then on in, I kept, I hate to use the word proving myself, but I kept showing up. I knew, I knew the work. I knew the parts I didn't even need to know just because I, I wanted to learn. I watched the dances that I thought had it together and I admired for their approach to their work and, you know, asked them questions if I needed to. And uh, yeah, from then on in, I was kind of in, in the company. So it wasn't an easy road. And again, it was also every year rolled around, you had to sign your contract again. There wasn't such a thing as a permanent contract. So there was that kind of on edge, but I uh, was uh, fortunate enough to be there for 10 years, dancing all, um, contemporary and all the classics and some highlights being um, uh, the Queen of the Willies and Giselle under the directorship of Ethan Stiefel, which was uh, a huge, you know, a huge thing uh, and coached by him personally. So um, yeah. I look back and see that bravado and I see how that has helped me, that belief, I guess, that my story and my, my gift needs to be shared. 
it's, it's like is that hunger is that enthusiasm is that clarity of that is what i want and that that it's so I can relate to that because this is the thing that has taken me to the place that has taken me. Uh, and I wanted to ask, uh, so what happened What, what happened to, to arrive to the UK? In one of those tours, you decided not to get the flight back and then you stay in London. Uh, ah, yes, the next chapter, the next chapter. So in my career, I auditioned for Ron Bear three times. Once when I had first graduated from my school before I even got the job with uh, the New Zealand Ballet. Uh And I was sort of, it was when the company was kind of looking for it as almost like your second job. And I was so fresh out of school that I wasn't quite, you know, ready for it yet. Second time, um, the director liked me, but he said there were no jobs. Third time round, I'd heard wind of people moving and I applied and I got the audition and went to the audition. And At this stage, we were touring China with the, the New Zealand Ballet. And so I, uh, I said to Mark Baldwin, who is the director, um, that I was interested, you know, I would love to come and, and take class and audition. He said, oh, yes, it'd be great. Um, and I said, I'm going to be in London. I hadn't planned to go to London, just between you and me. I was in China. I had three weeks off after that. The flight went via London home. I decided to stay in London, finish my last performance in China, flew the next day on my 30th birthday, arrived in London. Um, and uh, then auditioned for the company the next day. And uh, Mark offered me the job and said, when can you start? And I said, I'm already in my contract still. So I'm going to have to have a chat to my boss. And anyway, it was a bit of negotiating. And um, I went home and finished on one last tour, which was uh, the epitome of classical dance, Swan Lake. And I was so pleased I was because I felt like I got to work through then tr that transition of moving to the next stage rather than everything sometimes happening so quickly. I kind of got to say goodbye to the different cities I performed in. And I was so present with my work and so grateful. And I used that next three months to reflect on everything that I'd done and left in such an awesome place to start the next part of my journey. Amazing. And that's uh, probably a few years in is where I met you. So this is what I would like to ask you about it, because you had lots of identities from what I know. You were in that ballet dance company, then you were in Rumber, which is a mixed mode, uh, very versatile. Then I know that you were pushed for something else that you wanted to be, which is a rehearsal director. So can you tell me a little bit more about if we took those three chapters as the kind of like the main ones. I'm sure there was many others uh, before that or in between that. But can you tell me a little bit what were the skills that when you are you arrive to those places, it's like, what the hell? I never thought I was going to need this. And it's really far from me, but I'm going to be working to get it. And finally you did. It's been really good, actually. I've just been thinking back you know, when I'm creating my classes for next week, I've been thinking about the kind of skills and and also creating my classes, you know, choosing not to limit myself to just, you know, the, the technique of where I started, which was classical ballet. I know that inside out, but thinking, okay, no, I have done quite a fair bit of contemporary now and I've done improvisation and I've done floor work and I've done like lots of different styles. And it was just, you know, coming to coming to terms with kind of being like, actually, your body does know a lot. You have learned a lot, you know, try and share that. So I guess when I turned up at Rombert, the biggest challenge for me was 
um, learning a brand new technique, the Cunningham technique. I had never seen this before. And you know, you know how it works and everything is, is quite precise. It's very, um, I guess, academic in a way, like it's very mathematical. Um, so I, I, for the first six months, I could not stand up in the center to do a tondu, to do anything, to stand in parallel. My muscles had been so used to working turned out. I, I had to develop new muscles. I didn't even know what a lower back curve was. I, I was, I was sort of copying and trying to understand and mimic. And uh, those first six months were really, really challenging. Swapping one day classical, one day contemporary working on three or four different creations and existing works and learning. I, I was so, um, I was quite overwhelmed, I can say, to, to say the least. <laughs> but one uh, great uh, practice which really helped me um, has been meditation and uh, your breath and, and knowing that that's the one thing that you can control. And if you ever feel out of control, whatever, it's just centering back, it's centering back to that, you know, that inhale and exhale and the fact that you can really bring yourself back to an equilibrium through that, just even to catch a moment. Um, so the, the, the skills of, of having the breath, having the meditation, um, having that, again, that open, open mindset, that learner's, um, that learner's mindset of, of thinking, it's not that I'm rubbish at this. It's just that I don't know it yet. And about six months into it, everything gelled together with the contemporary and the classical. And, and I just, I, I flew, you know, things kind of went to a new place and one thing informed the other. So I guess it's inviting people if they find themselves in this position to keep an open heart and open mind and kind of take the pressure off that, which we all have that voice of that judging of like, am I performing? Am I, you know, am I up to standard? And just, it's hard. A lot of, a lot is expected of you when, when you're in a rep company and it's expected to, to get stuff out, to, to um, keep giving and giving and giving, you know, there, there, there is a lot with that. So it's taking some time to just kind of check in with yourself, journaling, another fantastic practice I love as well, reflections on the journaling, or even just, get getting down those steps writing it somewhere else so you can put, put it to the side and then and then show up for the next rehearsal but um not being afraid to to also ask others for help again I remember a really good friend of mine Miguel and the fact that he could tumble and roll and stuff and I thought I look like I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt myself if I do that I talked to him I said hey Miguel can you help me out with this the dancers were so incredibly open and friendly and wanted to help. And I also think because I put myself, I opened myself, I got met with that as well, you know, that that openness. So I think, um, yeah, yeah. Those, those are, I guess, just a little handful of a, of a few things. And, you know, it's also knowing that you will go through those ups and downs on this on this journey, but that's kind of what gets you ready. All those challenges get you ready to take on the steps that we don't we don't see that are coming yet. Now that we're talking about that, can you tell us a little bit more about what has been the hardest, the most difficult challenge that you had to face as a dancer? Sure, sure. Uh, oh, hardest challenge. I mean, on the physical side, some works I found took me a long time to to 
get an understanding of what the choreographer wanted because the, the the movement was possibly very foreign to me and I have the tendency to kind of give my everything but actually what I learned is sometimes it's about through relaxation and through the almost the the not trying and the just the the playing uh, and and the, the quieter quality so I de- I learned to develop the, the quieter understated quality as well as the ta-da <laughs> which comes naturally I think to me um uh but I think some of some of the hardest things actually were not necessarily because we train our bodies every day we train them to to be robust and we train them for for the movements that are coming some of the challenges were the one moment you are Sadler's Wells performing Christopher Bruce's work, opening night for the week, you know, you're out there, you're doing that next week, you're back in the studio, you're back to creation. You're not even first or second cast on the board for the next work, you're up the back. And the mental challenge of that, I think was the most challenging thing for me. That that journey, um, but, you know, it's saying that and that's a period for six weeks, the next six weeks and suddenly it's the calm down and it's the, the reality of like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm sort of up the back and having to learn. And that feeling of, you know what it's like if you're up the back sometimes with the other people and, and we, we want to feel that sense of community, but unfortunately sometimes we feel that sense of community through complaining or through ways which, um, you know, not really taking us forward. So I'd come out the end of the day if I felt like I'd just been feeling a bit like low and think, oh, you know, and then I feel like I'd take that home and that's not good for my relationship and all of that. Um, so I thought, okay, so what are some ways that I can feel like I can challenge myself within, you know, these six hours that I'm at work. So therefore I'm not feeling rubbish or feeling bored or whatever. So I would take ownership of my journey and not put into anyone else um like my happiness i'm actually what people probably don't realize is that you are in control of your happiness by the choices that you make so i would do things that all right if it's a bit of a quiet time i would do my sit-ups or i would do my press-ups or hold a plank and just create little challenges or a challenge for that rehearsal would be to see okay let's pick um a certain thing like okay let, let's see how much I can relax my body into the movement so I'm learning what the choreographer is saying but I'm also setting myself daily um tasks I guess you could say to keep myself interested as well and it you know in a few cases one in particular I remember it worked very well I knew the work I didn't have the best rehearsal time someone got injured on the road I got one rehearsal I got a huge round of applause from the rehearsal director and the company and said that is what it's about Lucy stepped in and she showed us that she was listening the whole time and not only was she listening but she brought in her energy to it rather than me trying to be Jorge doing something I'm Lucy bringing my energy to do something and that uniqueness is what we all have in common. So I guess I'm I'm wondering now, hearing that all those human aspects, you no, know, putting yourself out there, like uh, l- letting it go, relaxing into it, finding. Uh, I really loved. Uh, I'm not gonna dare to quote you exactly because I haven't read it down. But taking control of your happiness through the actions that you do, uh, I guess that everything is gonna be kind of like permeating. It's gonna be visible in your class next week. So can you tell us a little bit more about the details of 
how this is going to be manifesting in, in those classes. Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's been a really uh, great challenge and an exciting journey to create my classes and think how I want to do it. And so I'm looking at a structure over the, the, the five days of swapping between the classical and the temp contemporary class, because this is you know, skills I have. And also within that, having the contemporary class of the something which is kind of loosely based on a, a Cunningham technique, which I um, I really grew to love and really felt at home with actually once I left from there. I look back on very fond memories of something that was a really big challenge, but that I, I um, yeah, I take through in some of my best work. So playing with that, but then also playing with a, a bit of the improvisation and, and the release and the relaxation and, and the, the great uh, artists like Christopher Bruce, who I got to work with, um, you know, not once, but twice in my time at Rombia, which is huge. And seeing, actually, how can I take these, these different, um, these different styles. And so my classes will be, yeah, swapping classical contemporary and working with some more of release and more of the structure of the, the, the Cunningham work. And uh, I hope to also maybe have some time for a little bit of question and answer in there as well, because I, I know that uh, um, for me, that was always an important thing was to be able to have a place and a platform where I could, I could ask some of those questions, yeah. Well, that sounds like uh, people who are coming to the classes are going to be um, up for a treat. But I have one more last question. You are talking through the podcast quite a lot about your attitude, uh, how you were showing yourself uh, to that director in the New Zealand uh, Ballet. Uh, what was your conversation with Mark Baldwin when he was the director of Rambert? And when, how was your attitude when you were learning those works? So, what would you like to be the attitude of the dancers who are coming to the classes? Or what would you recommend that to be? What I invite people to do is come along with an open heart and open mind. Um, uh, some, you know, we, we sometimes come with preconceived ideas or, or um, what it is we think it might be. But I think it's just kind of be, be prepared to uh, enjoy yourself. I've got some good music. I've chosen music which makes me happy um, because, you know, for movement is joy in life, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I just like to, to, for people to, to show up with an open heart. If they also want to, I'm going to suggest to have a journal as well and um, for them to tune in to, to themselves and, you know, to we, we can set some sort of tasks and some ideas and see how we can keep tapping in, into those things and, and knowing that, uh, our movement will keep informing us. So, yeah, I love, I have to say, I love the journaling practice. I, I feel like um, it has helped me throughout my life and in the dancing career, but also just in being a human. So, Definitely. I'm really looking forward to your classes next week. And I know this time has been full of challenges for all of us in different directions. But one thing that I'm extremely grateful is to have the opportunity to get to work with people like you again, that we haven't seen each other for two years. And that I um, hold them very closely to my heart, like, like you. So Lucy, thank you so much for saying yes and sharing all your expertise with us uh, next week and for this time in the podcast. Really enjoyed this conversation and really looking forward for next thank week. Thank you, Jorge. Week. This opportunity has been fantastic. And to feel that, you know, you saying yes to me being invited into this community, I realize that that is at my deepest soul, that that is the part which which um, really resonates is having that community and that kind of belonging. So thank you. 
that's what that we want towards Juventus to be, a place that everyone proposes what they want to do and we create that space for every dance artist in the world. Thank you for being part of that and I'll see okay, you in a few thank days. You. Thank you, Lucy. <laughs>